Welcome to Thrive Church. We are so glad that you are here with us today. My name is Judah. I'm the lead pastor here at Thrive, and we welcome you to all of our campuses, uh, New Britain, Torrington, Terryville, online, on TV. We are so glad to have you with us, and we are in our series 23. And throughout this series, uh, this is week number four, we've been uh, studying the 23rd Psalm. Psalm 23, probably the most popular chapter in the entire Bible. We've been going through it verse by verse, and, uh, and we started out looking at you know, God being our shepherd. And this whole chapter is kind of all about this idea of God being our shepherd and we being uh, his sheep. And many of us are, are familiar with this. Maybe you didn't even go to church, but most likely uh, you've heard it at some point in time. And, and my goal is that throughout this series, not only will we learn more about it, but hopefully we will dig deeper into it, possibly even memorizing it. So let's uh, come together, read it all together. It's in your handout or on the screen. So here we go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever." You know, most of us, we've heard this uh, at some point in time, and, and, and in this, there's, a, a, there's the most famous verse of the most famous chapter, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, is debatably the most famous verse in this chapter, and, and some of you may think that you know it already, because it goes something like this, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life, no, see, that's not it though, right? Like we hear that, we hear Coolio, who has Gangsta Paradise with over 1.3 billion views on YouTube, like, wow, he's going the Lord's Prayer, like, no, not quite, not exactly, you know, David was not uh, a rapper. Uh, he was a musician, perhaps, but, but, but it's not quite like that. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, it, it's kind of interesting because this chapter is all nice and warm, right? We've just gone through, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't have anything that I need. And he brings me to green pastures and still waters and he restores my soul. And it's like all the warm and fuzzies. And then it's like, now I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death, right? It, it takes this kind of dark turn all of a sudden. Like we go from this happiness to this dark place. No more peaceful waters now. No more green pastures. It's, now we're going into the, into the ravine. We're going into the darkness now. And, and it's interesting that in life, you know, we always want the green pastures and the still waters, but honestly, we can't always expect that all the time. We don't always get the green pastures. We don't always get the still waters, and sometimes we get the valley. And it's very, very relatable because there's times that each and every one of us, we feel like we're walking in this valley of the shadow of death. You know, life is a journey, isn't it? And along the way, we all will face some pretty challenging and some pretty dark times. We'll all face some difficulties. We'll all face some hardships. We'll all face some things that we wish that we didn't have to go through. And these valleys, they can take many different forms. 
Maybe it can be something as simple as a, as a tough season at work or perhaps a, a health scare or a broken relationship or a, or a financial crisis or, or life just threw you a curveball and now you're in the middle of something that you wish you weren't in the middle of and we're in the valley time. We don't like to be in the valleys. We'd rather be on the mountaintop. Nobody wants to live there in the valley. We, we want to be up where the, where the great vistas can be seen. And in this verse, it's interesting that it, it doesn't say, if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It says, even though. Even though. It's not even if. It's like, wait, well, maybe you will, and maybe you won't. You never know. Maybe you won't have to go. It says, no, even though. In other words, it's assuring you that you will go through the valley of the shadow of death at some point in time in your life. We can't escape the valleys. We can't escape them. And in fact, there is no promise that the shepherd is going to prevent you from going into the valley. There's no promise that he's going to snatch you out of the valley. There's only one promise here, and it's that he will be there with you in the valley. See, David, he knew what he was talking about when he was talking about the valley of the shadow of death. David was the king who had once been a shepherd. David was the one who fought off lions and bears with his bare hands and a club, and he beaten these animals to death while they were attacking his sheep. David was the one who fought Goliath, the giant Philistine warrior, in combat and defeated him. Not only that, David was also a military commander leading armies into battle on a daily basis, going after the, the enemies of the Lord, and they were going fighting hand-to-hand combat day in and day out. He knew what it was like to look death in the face. He knew what it was like to be in the middle of violence. He knew what it was like. Not only that, but as David's popularity increased, he also made enemies that were closer to home, like his father-in-law, the current king, King Saul, and how King Saul personally tried to kill him on two different occasions by throwing spears at him. Not only that, he also took entire armies of special forces to hunt David down with one specific purpose, to kill him. Imagine that. Imagine if the president said, we are going to take the special forces, the Navy SEALs, for one purpose, to hunt you down and kill you. How long would you last? Probably not very long. And David had whole armies coming after him. If that wasn't bad enough, later on in his life, his very own son mustered up an army to come after his dad and, uh, and assassinate him so that he could take over the throne. See, David knew what it was like to go through the valley of the shadow of death. He knew what it was like to go to sleep at night knowing that there was people that wanted him dead. He, he knew that he was never safe on his own. And here he, we see him write, even though, even though I'm in this valley, I don't have to fear evil. Why? Because the shepherd was guiding him. A shepherd's responsibility for the sheep was to lead the sheep. A shepherd's responsibility was to protect the sheep. A shepherd's responsibility was to provide for the sheep. And, and the sheep would trust their shepherd completely. The sheep would trust their, their shepherd. The sheep would depend on the shepherd for their safety and for their well-being. They knew that, that they could not take care of themselves, and so they would trust in the shepherd. So this verse is all about the valley, all about the valley. You know what the most famous valley in the world is? Most famous valley? You know what it is? It's the Grand Canyon. Great. Anybody ever been to the Grand Canyon before? Okay, some of you guys have been to the Grand I've never been to it. I've, I've flown over it. I saw it. I'm like, well, there it is. But I haven't actually been to it before. 
Grand Canyon, most famous valley in the world. And yet, all of us have spent time in another valley, this valley, the valley of the shadow of death, the valley of depression, discouragement, the valley of anxieties and fears and worries. See, what is a valley? You know what a valley is? Like, if we're talking topographically, if we're talking as far as a landscape formation, what a valley is, is a valley is a low spot. It's a low spot. Also, we could call a valley, a valley is a, is a depression. It's a sunken area. And for many of us, it's more than a landscape feature. It's an emotional feature as well. We're in this depression. We're in this sunken down area. We're in this low spot in our life. And, and in life, we know that there's ups and there's also downs. And we love it when we're on the ups, but we don't like it so much when we're on the downs. And yet God never promises that we will only live life in the mountains. And here we see him explicitly saying that we will go through the valleys and yet he will be there with us. See, that's the difference. That's a determining factor. Most of us know what it's like to go into that valley, the valley of the shadow of death. Some of us have been in it for a long time. Some have been in that valley for years and years we find ourselves in a very deep and a very dark spot. He says, even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, he says, I will fear no evil. How can you be in the valley and not fear evil? Now, now this isn't saying that, that he isn't scared. In fact, very likely in these valleys, it's a terrifying experience. Because, because the, the shadow of death is creeping around. There's this feeling of fear and anxiety, like you're, like you're being chased and that like your life is at risk. But he says that he won't fear evil. Why is that? In your notes, we can find comfort in the fact that we are never alone. That we're never alone. I, I think I missed another fill in the blank, didn't I? Did I miss it? I'm sorry. It's there will always be valleys in life, okay? So uh, there will always be valleys, and, and that's the thing. There's always valleys, except here's the difference. When we're in the valleys, we realize that we're not alone. We realize that I'm not going through this. If I was on my own in this valley, man, I would have something to be afraid of. But here, he says, you don't need to fear evil because God is with you. Now, sheep, sheep should be afraid. We, we've talked about sheep throughout this series, how, how sheep are not the smartest animal out there. They're not very bright. Sheep should be afraid because basically they're defenseless chunks of meat running around. And, and hungry animals, lions and tigers and bears, oh my, and wolves and all of these things, they see the sheep as prey and they come after them. And a sheep really can't do much other than just be a steak, you know, and like that. That's all they can do. And, and, and they're basically defenseless. They should be afraid, but they don't fear evil when the shepherd is with them. And see, we don't need to be afraid either when we are in the presence of our shepherd. We don't need to be afraid either when we realize that God is with us, that he never leaves us, that he never forsakes us. And guess what? We don't need to be afraid when we're in the presence of God and we are always in the presence of God. See, we are always, see, many of us, we don't recognize that. We're not aware that we are in God's presence. Did you know that right now, God is with us? Like, he is, he is here right now in this moment. There's nowhere that you can go. There's nothing that you can do that, that will pull you out of God's presence. In fact, sometimes people misquote a verse. They say, whenever two or three of us are gathered in his name, God is with us. No, no, that, that, that's a misunderstanding of the verse. That's actually talking about conflict and some other things. But here's the reality of it is even if you're by yourself, guess what? God's still with you. 
Like you can't make him go away. He's with you whether you want him to be or whether you don't want him to be. Some of us, we don't like that idea. Like I, I kind of don't want God with me all the time. Like maybe some of the time, but not all the time, right? He promises that he will never leave us, never forsake us. He is always with us. We are always in his presence. And as a result, in your notes, you can be fearless in the valley. You can be fearless in the valley. We don't need to be afraid when we're going through the valley. Because see, fear is a choice. We have a choice that we can make when we're going through that time. Are we going to choose fear or are we going to choose faith? When, when I'm facing evil, when I'm facing trouble, when I'm facing hardship, when I'm facing uh, death, when I'm facing sickness, I can choose, am I going to be afraid or am I going to choose faith? And here David is saying, I will fear no evil. Why? Why can he say so confidently that he won't fear, fear evil? Because it's a choice. It's a choice that he's saying, I'm not going to fear evil because you are with me. See, the biggest adjustment that you can make in the valley, if you're going through a valley right now, and this is the biggest adjustment that you can make, the biggest adjustment you can make in the valley may be an attitude adjustment. Where, where I'm not going to choose fear anymore. I'm not going to choose worry, anxiety, and doubt anymore, but I'm going to choose faith. I'm going to realize that even in the valley, God is present. That God is with me. He has not left me. He has not forsaken me. He's not abandoned me. He's not forgotten about me. He's not left on vacation and left me to fend for myself. No, he is with me in the valley. Sometimes it's like, God, I think he just forgot about me. No, he's with you the entire time. We're complaining, we're getting fearful when we're in the valley. No, let's choose faith. See, because you are never alone. God is with you. It says that he's your ever-present help. It says this in Psalm chapter 46, verse 1. It says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Here, a very present help. He's not just distant. He's not just watching you. He's not just like, oh, well, I don't know what's going on over there. He's not unaware. He says he's not just present, but he's a very present help. Like, he is there. He knows the details, the intricacies. He knows the situation before you even knew the situation. He is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of trouble. And so, therefore, we don't have to worry about threats. We don't have to worry about what lurks in the dark because God is in control. He is the one in control. You ever notice that things seem more scary in the dark than in the light? I remember as a kid, uh, sometimes I had to take out the trash, and I take out the trash, and it was kind of down, you know, it was a little ways from where I had to go. And I remember late at night taking out the trash. I take out the trash, put the cans out on the road, and I remember walking back from the trash can. As I'm walking, I get this feeling that somebody's watching me. I don't know if you ever had that. Maybe it's just me. Like somebody's watching, and I'm walking, I'm walking. I'm like, you know, I better walk a little bit faster. And then I'm walking a little bit, and before I know it, I'm like in a full-out run. I'm like running, like I better get away from this. And I stop and I look back, and nobody's there, right? Because things seem a lot scary in the dark. Or, or another time, I was, uh, I don't know, I, was, I think I was around uh, 14 years old, and it was one of my first times out uh, bow hunting. I was with my dad, and we're out bow hunting, and, and he brought me out there deep into the woods and like, the time of the morning that nobody should be awake, I'm pretty sure. And so goes way out there. I got a climbing tree stand. I hook it on the tree. I go, go way up in the trees. It's pitch black out, so I don't even see what's going on. I climb up in the tree, and I'm sitting there with my bow, and, and I'm just waiting, you know, for a deer or something to come by. I don't really care. I just kind of want to go home because I'm cold right now. And so I'm up in the tree, and, and I'm waiting, and, and, and as the sun starts to come, I start seeing shadows coming, and I see a bear off to my side, and, and it's just looking at me. And I'm like, oh, no. 
Like, I am some bear's breakfast. And I'm just there, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm like nervous. And I'm like, all I got's a bow. I don't even know if I could hit this thing. I don't know what it would do. And, and this was at a time where, there, like, not, now we see bear everywhere. And we're like, oh, look at the bear. Like, this wasn't at that time. I was, like, terrified. I'm like, this thing is going to eat me. And I'm watching this, and I'm watching it over the next half hour, and he's not, he's not moving. He's just, like, looking. Like, he's just waiting for me to come down, waiting for me to make a false move. And, and I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Get, the sun gets brighter, brighter, brighter. And I realized... It was a tree stump the entire time. Yeah, I felt like a really brave person at that moment. So I don't think I've told this story until now. It's taken me this long to kind of get over it. Here's the thing, though, right? Things look a lot scarier in the dark. We see these things, and we start getting fear and worry and anxiety and doubt, only to realize it wasn't even anything. I had no reason to be afraid in that time. It's interesting, too. It says, even though I go through the valley of the what? Shadow. Shadow. Anybody here ever been hit by the shadow of a truck before? <laughs> Anybody ever been bit by the shadow of a dog before? Like, like it's just a shadow. It's just a shadow. Like, like the shadow can't actually do anything to you. Right? It's just the shadow. And it says here we go through the valley of the shadow of death. Here's the thing about shadows, right? Is shadows make things seem bigger than they really are. The shadow's always bigger. The shadows are, it's scary. But here's the thing, the shadow's not the real thing. It says, even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I see the shadow of it, and I'm feeling a little bit afraid. But here's the thing, you know what a shadow is? A shadow, in your notes, is a shadow only momentarily blocks the light. That's what it is. A shadow momentarily blocks the light. And it prevents the light from being cast onto you. So therefore, you see a shadow. And for many of us, we're living in the shadow of a lot of things. And we're not seeing the light of Christ. We're not seeing God at work, perhaps, because this obstacle, this difficulty, this trouble, this sickness, that's blocking the light only momentarily, but it's only a shadow. It's not even the real thing. Why are we afraid? The valley of the shadow of death. Why are we so afraid of, of death and dying? We're so afraid of these things. And yet he says, it's just, it's just a shadow. Look, look what it says here in 1 Corinthians. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. He says, oh, death, where's your victory? This is almost like taunting words here, right? It's like the thing that we're so terrified. We're so terrified of death and dying and all of these things. He's like, oh, death, hey, death, where's your victory? Oh, death, where's your sting? Come on, you talk a big talk, but where's your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. He said, you know what? You can take my life if you want, and it's only going to put me face to face with my Savior. And so it doesn't matter. It's only a shadow. I'm not worried, and I'm not afraid of any death because Jesus removed the sting from death. See, death can only cast a shadow. We don't need to be afraid anymore because Jesus removes the sting. The reason that we can face these fears Head on. It's because what it says in that verse. Though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. See, God's presence is with us. He's that very present help in time of need. He's by your side through the thick and thin, through the ups and the downs, through the mountaintops and the valleys, he is with you. Imagine being in, in a dark forest late at night, and it seems so scary until somebody else is there with you, and they got a flashlight. They're saying, hey, you come with me. I know the way. Man, I'm not as scared anymore because someone is with me, and that someone is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the God Almighty. Our good shepherd is with us in the valley, and therefore we don't need to be afraid no matter what the world throws at us. 
See, even in times that we don't see the light, we don't need to be afraid because God is with us. In your notes, God is in the valleys. God is in the valleys. And when God is with us, nothing can prevail against us. It says in Romans 8, 31, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? That's a question. Who can ever be, who can be against you if God is for you? Who? You're kind of t- timid. They're like, I don't know. Who can? Nobody can, right? God is the, the, the most strong, the most powerful. He is the king of kings, the Lord of lords. If God is for us, who can be against us? Nobody. Nobody can be against us. And the valleys, they won't last forever. He says, even though I walk, what? Through the valleys. He's not saying, oh, I'm going to just leave you there in the valley. I'm just going to abandon you there in the valley. I'm going to forget about you in the valley. He says, even though I walk through the valley. See, God is taking us through. In other words, it's a temporary place. I'm going through it. He's not leaving you in it. He's never leaving you, never forsaking you. And he's going to protect you through the valleys. Then he goes on to say, the rod and the staff. I, I, I got a rod here. See, this is like what he's talking about when he's talking about a rod. He says, your rod and staff, right? They come from me. See, this was like a shepherd's rod. A shepherd's rod was kind of like a baseball bat. This is what David would grab, like, you know, a lion or a bear, and he would just club this thing to death. I mean, I mean, you know, I don't know. That's crazy stuff. So he would take this, and he would cl- so they, every shepherd had one of these. They would use it to defend their sheep against predators. They would, they would you know, hit the animals. They would do whatever they had to do. They would also use it in a less severe form to discipline the sheep, to kind of like navigate them, to kind of pull them back around. And it's a symbol in the Bible of God's authority and his protection for us. It's a symbol of, of God's ability to keep his people safe. He's like, like okay, you want to mess with my sheep? Come on, let's go. You know, it's, it's like if you're a sheep and you know that your shepherd is like ready to go at a moment, like I don't need to be afraid. I'm not afraid of what's coming because I know that my shepherd's got a rod and he knows how to beat up some stuff. Like he's, he's going to go, he's like a little bit crazy. Like he wants to, he wants to go after these predators. He says, your rod and staff, they come for me. So, so we got the, the rod there. Oh, that's going to work. There we go. And then he's got the staff, which is more like this, the shepherd's crook. Right? So they, they would have two. They would have, have two of these things. They'd have the rod, they have the staff. Now, this, this staff was, was like a, a long stick with a, with a hook on the end of it. And, and this had a lot of uses as well for, for guiding sheep, but also for rescuing sheep. Imagine a, a sheep falling down into a ditch and, and you can't quite reach it. And the shepherd would reach down, put it around their neck, and kind of like pull them out. They kind of jerk them out a little bit and say, okay, you know, I'm going to help you out. They'd use it to guide their sheep as they're trying to herd their sheep, trying to bring them into the pen. They're using their staff to guide them. The shepherd's also using it to just kind of lean on because they don't have anywhere to sit, maybe. They're just standing there. They're just keeping guard the whole time. They're watching. And this symbolizes, in the Bible, symbolizes the comfort, the guidance, the assistance that God wants to give each and every one of us. It represents God's care for his sheep, for you and me. And your notes, the rod and the staff, they show God's protection and guidance. See, God is the one who wants to protect us. He's the one who will guide us. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Some of us, we look at these things like, oh, I don't know. I don't know about God's discipline. I don't know about this. I don't know if I really want God to direct me. I'm not so sure about all of this. No, it's there to comfort us, to protect us, to guide us. That's what he wants to do. The rod shows his protective power, keeping them safe, defending them. And the staff shows God's guidance 
shows his presence, his willingness to pull us out of the situations that we may face, to lead us into the right paths. He's providing comfort and guidance in times of trouble. We'll close with this verse in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. It says, so be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them, for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. Look at this last line. Underline this last line. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Some of you, you may feel like God has failed you. You may feel like God has abandoned you. You're like, well, how could God let this happen? Like, I don't know how a good, loving God could allow this thing to happen in my life. It seems like God has failed me. It seems like God has abandoned me. Here he says, he will neither fail you or abandon you. He's your ever-present help in time of need. He's the one we can depend on, the one we can rely on. And even in life's darkest moments, we can find comfort and we can find strength. In the presence of God, knowing that he is with us. He is with us now. His protection, his guidance, his comforting presence gives us the assurance that we can face any situation in life without fear. That we can go through any valley without fear because he is with us. And even in the dark valleys, God is with us. And he never leaves us and he never forsakes us. And you may be facing a valley right now. And I think the message is that you don't need to be afraid. All we got to do is we got to keep our eyes on the shepherd. We need to be aware of the presence of the shepherd, that he is with us, that he is guiding us, that he is protecting us, he is providing for us. God is with you, and he's pulling you back on track, and he's defending you, and he's bringing comfort by being with you. So no matter what it is that we face, we know that he is there with us. And some of us, we're facing things, and we're feeling overwhelmed, and we're feeling fearful, and we're feeling like we're in the valley of the shadow of something. Maybe it's the valley of the shadow of death. Maybe it's the valley of the shadow of addiction or debt or loss or all kinds of things, sickness or disease, all kinds of things we're in this valley right now and we think that God must have abandoned me. He couldn't have let this happen to me. How could God let this happen? Let me tell you, he is there. He is a very present help. He is there with you. He is guiding you. He's not going to leave you there, but he's going to bring you through it because he is our good shepherd and his rod and his staff, they comfort us because he is our protection, he is our guidance, he is our peace, and he is the one who will bring us through the valleys that we face. So God, we come to you now, and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for the valleys that you have brought us through so far. Oh, man, so many valleys. So many difficulties you've brought us through. Times we just didn't think that we could make it, and yet we did. And then we forgot that you helped us. So Lord, we thank you for those times, and we remember those times that you've never left us, you've never abandoned us, you've never failed us, not even once. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus is your Lord, please don't let another day go by. God is inviting you into his family. He wants you to be his sheep. He wants to be your shepherd. He says, if you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and you say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you'll be saved. If you believe that, if you believe that God raised Jesus from, your, from the dead, won't you just say that? We say, Jesus, you are my Lord. I want you to be my shepherd. God, we choose to follow you even in the difficulties, 
even in the hardships, even in the sickness, even in the pain, in the diagnosis, even in the financial problems, even in the addictions, even in the depression, even in the loneliness, and all of these things, we give them to you and we realize that we don't have to fear evil because you are with us. So in this moment right now, God, we are aware that you are here. It's not been one second of our life that you have not been with us, that you've not been guiding us, you've not been loving us, you've not been reaching out your staff to guide us, to pull us out of the pit, to get us back on the right path. We thank you for that. We acknowledge that you've done that. And Lord, in the difficulties we face right now, we just turn them over to you. And we choose faith. We choose not to live in fear of the circumstances that are around us, but we choose faith. We will fear no evil because you are with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. We thank you for your guidance, your provision, and your peace. We thank you that you are our good shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen.